You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at DCAUReview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to bonus episode number five. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my brother and the gentleman that runs our Twitter page, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to bonus episode number five of the DCAU Review. Yeah, we're a quick turnaround this time on our, on our bonus episodes. Usually, well, We usually try to space them out a little bit, but there's just so much fun DCAU-related content out there in the, in the world right now. Uh, that we thought it would be uh, fun to take a look at the, uh, the first two chapters of the Batman The Adventures Continue comic book. But not just that, Cal. We're also going to talk a little bit about the toy, li- the, excuse me, the toy line that inspired all of this. Absolutely. Um, it's funny. I, I don't think uh, it's, it's a rare thing to hear a podcast talk about a comic book based on a toy line. I think... Uh, <laughs> I don't know that there are too many comic books based on toy lines. I guess maybe except for Transformers or GI Joe. Yeah. Um, so maybe there are some Transformers. I'm sure there are, there's podcasts for everything. So let me go. Let me go take that back immediately. Yeah, there's um, definitely podcasts about that. Absolutely. Uh, but as far as the DC uh, and certainly the DCAU, uh, since we are the DCAU review, this has been something we've been very excited about. Now, of course. Uh, Liam, these so that you mentioned the action figures. So DC Collectibles has been doing for the last several years, been doing DC, uh, specifically Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures. They did uh, two figures uh, specifically from Superman the Animated Series, two figures from Batman Beyond, and then a series of the Justice League uh, from the Justice League, uh, the seven, the main seven, plus Aquaman. Uh, so, you know, they, they have done this, the series of figures based on the DCAU, uh, but back in, in, uh, July of 2019, so just a few short months ago, which feels like decades ago at this point, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they, uh, came to the table cause it, it seemed like the, the lines had been wrapping up. They've, they've gone through a lot of the main roster, of both Batman shows and we're kind of coming up on some of those ancillary characters, you know, um, gray ghost was in the last set that they did from Batman, the animated series. They did a hard act version of Batman and they really filled out some of the, um, the major gaps in at least the original Batman, the animated series run still some, still some complaints on my part for, for some holes in the, uh, the new Batman adventure side. And certainly, uh, not enough characters filled out in the Superman animated series or Batman beyond lines, but um, so they announced that they were going to be doing these uh, a series of figures called Batman: The Adventures Continue. So they had these pre-production models at San Diego Comic Con last year of some of these characters that we had never seen before in DCAU continuity. Uh, guys like there was a Deathstroke, uh, who obviously was was featured in Teen Titans, but has never was never featured on any of the DCAU shows. There was a Dark Knight Returns style. Batman in a armored suit. Uh, they also had uh, some some re-released versions of some of the original Batman animated series figures with that the cell shading. Uh, 
but it, interestingly enough, there were two characters who are extremely popular. Uh, not that Deathstroke and the uh, Dark Knight Returns Batman are not popular, but there was a Azrael uh, ni- circa 1993 uh, Batman uh, in the, all his armored blue and ye- gold oh, yeah. 90s glory, and one Jason Todd as the Red Hood uh, featured on this display. Uh, so that got, yeah, who, what, who? That's right, Jason Todd, the Robin that never was, or at least we thought never was. So uh, later on at New York Comic Con, later on in the year, they released pictures of a Batman who laughs. There was a, a Red Rain Batman, uh, also a um, a Thomas Wayne, a Flashpoint Batman, as well as a Hush. Uh, all in this DCAU form, uh, designed and uh, by one Ty Templeton. Liam, um, for those who are uneducated or home or, or living under a rock, uh, and Ty Templeton, uh, why does that name sound so familiar? Uh, well, he's been involved in a lot of the DCAU tie-in comics over the years, going all the way back to you know stuff like the Batman Adventures, Batman and Robin Adventures. Uh, Batman Gotham Adventures, which was kind of the relaunch of it when it became a uh, when it started focusing on the new Batman Adventures timeline. Um, also, also did issues of the Superman Adventures tie-in comics. I think he may have even done a little bit of of Justice League as well. Um, so yeah, just a a veteran of uh, of the DCAU, especially uh, the comic book adaptations that sort of went hand in hand. Especially, I think if you were young kids like us who maybe weren't allowed to to read the the more mainstream comics at the time having uh, having these tie-in books uh that went along with batman the animated series with superman the animated series were uh were super important and uh, it's uh, obviously a great choice because uh, as as we'll as we see when we when we'll get to the actual review of the comic book series uh ty templeton uh, can can really kind of draw the, this dcau style in his sleep at this point yeah, as you said, he's a veteran. He's been working on each a bunch of the prop, different properties uh, throughout the years. But uh, not only did they announce that these figures would be designed by Ty Templeton, but they revealed also there would be character bios written by one Paul Dini. Mm. Of course, uh, that name may again sound familiar because he's what we would refer to as uh, one of the godfathers of the DCAU. He's uh, on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, it's like for, him, for sure. Bruce Tim, Eric Radomski, and then there's probably some fighting to be had, uh, depending Tucker, on Tucker Burnett, yeah, James Burnett, Tucker, Alan Burnett, uh, yeah, Dwayne McDuffie. Like, yeah, there's a few that could probably uh, make make a you could make a case for on that fourth spot. But yeah, I think uh, Paul Dini definitely belongs up on the the DCAU Mount Rushmore, no question. So that got people's wheels turning and started thinking, well, you know, how, what are these bios going to be? Are these characters, could they fit someplace in the DCAU timeline? Are they feeling out to see if maybe a return, you know, nostalgia has never been hotter uh, than it is in 2020. So, you know, are they feeling out maybe an interest in a, a return to the world of Batman, the animated series? Well, it came uh, just a few short months ago, Liam. There was an announcement from DC uh, released through, I believe it was Entertainment Weekly uh, or one of those, a variety maybe, variety magazine, uh, re- announcing that they were going to be releasing a mini- miniseries returning to the DCAU. 
and specifically Batman the Animated Series and a line series called uh, Batman the Adventures Continue that just happened to be written by one Paul Dini and with art by the aforementioned Ty Templeton. So with, uh, that, with Alan Burnett also working on the stories as well. Right. Bringing in uh, Alan Burnett, who I thought retired, but uh, they brought him out of <laughs> retirement for this. Uh, which is awesome. You know, you have two two of the original r- figures that were responsible for bringing this universe uh, to life, and certainly, um, you know, as as we stated, pivotal uh, pivotal people uh, when it came to forming that original Batman the animated series, back working uh, in this property again. So uh, ex- excited was probably not uh, b- even beginning to describe us. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things where you're like, oh, that would be cool if that happened someday. And um, obviously, we're a DCAU podcast. We we love this universe, and um, any any chance we get get to spend a little more time in this universe, you know, finding out about new adventures that these characters uh, took is uh, is always going to be really exciting. And so whether that's you know some of the the directed DVD animated movies that have come out, or in this case the comic books and the, and the toys, uh, always going to be super exciting for for people like us especially. But I think for anybody who who kind of grew up with these cartoons, or even if you discovered them a little later in life and and developed a love for them, if if you love this universe, I think you're always going to be excited when you hear, hey, there's more coming. That's always an exciting uh, moment. So there was immediate speculation as to how these characters could possibly fit in. And so far, we are, are just one issue in. We've uh, The second part uh, came out this week. The first part came out two weeks ago. And you know, due to everything that's happening, we aren't eight, we, it sounds like there's going to be a, a delay in getting these physically in hand. But the digital copies have been uh, starting to release at a very affordable 99 cents each. Um, so figured we'll, we'll go through the, these two initial issues, which kind of technically make up one issue here and, uh, just give our thoughts on it. We'll kind of break it down and, uh, and give a, give a, as opposed to our normal, you know, zero out of 40 scale because we're, it's a comic book and not an, not an episode. <laughs> we don't have music and we certainly don't have voice acting to go through. We'll just talk about the art, talk about the writing and maybe give a score out of 10, uh, and a recommendation on whether or not to check it out. I think we can just go ahead and say, check this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you like the DCAU, but but we'll get to that at the end. But uh, all right, Liam. So spoilers ahead from here on out. Uh, if you're if you have not read this yet, I do not recommend continuing to listen. Uh, pause it. Go buy these off of Amazon or Comixology or wherever you uh, get a digital comic book yourself. Uh, read them, enjoy them, and then come back and listen to us talk about these. Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, we kind of start off with uh, it's it's we open up in in Gotham City. It's the familiar area. We see Batman fighting Bane, and uh, and then from there he runs afoul of some sort of giant robot who uh, really kind of gives him a lot of trouble. Uh, we transition from there to Bruce Wayne at a at a party, and he's confronted by one Lex Luthor. Which was a, it was already fun to get that mix in, hear them or, or read, I should say, read read about them, sort of rehashing their their issues from uh, the world's finest crossover. 
Yeah, it's it's a great way to start. I mean, it was a great way to start off, and certainly, uh, again, reminding you that this this is in continuity here. We're talking about they're referring to things that have happened. Uh, we're not quite sure where timeline wise this end or this this takes place. Uh, it seems to take place uh, certainly uh, before the whole uh, Brainiac situation happened on Justice League. Uh, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Lex does have his Justice League power suit, so that kind of uh, yeah. falls in into. I'm not sure where this 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 falls in, but as you said, uh, you know, seeing seeing Bruce and Lex interact with each other is uh, is always fun, and I think uh, I think not getting a, a real follow up to them and their interaction, as we saw in World's Finest, was one of the things that uh, that sort of was that left us with wanting more. So seeing that in comic book form is is really awesome. Yeah, and uh, we, we we jump around a lot, and sort of at the beginning of part two, as you mentioned, we we see Batman investigating this robot. He, he's trying to contact Superman because this robot is he's he's kind of pre- he's pretty open about saying, hey, this robot's. Uh, it's a little out of, it's a little above my pay grade. It's a little out of uh, out of the le- out of my league, and uh, he's trying to get in touch with Superman, and he, he can't seem to find him. He's leaving, you know. He calls calls him on the phone, and he even mentions to Alfred that well, if he were anywhere within uh, you know within his incredible hearing range, he would have already been here. Uh, so they're kind of so Batman's kind of on his own, and he has to go. And again, he he finds this airfield where. The robots being housed where we, as you mentioned, we find Lex Luthor in his full Justice League power suit, which does raise some questions because I thought the Ultra Humanite built that for him. So (laughs) that's not, I guess this, and I believe Paul Dini did address this. He said in his mind, it's kind of a prototype of, of the full suit that he gets later on. And that's, I think that's fine. (laughs) That's, 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 that's all well and good. And, and we find out that the reason this robot (laughs) was so darn powerful was in fact that not only was it built with uh, some of the remnants of a, of a hollowed out brainiac, but it also was using Superman as sort of a living solar battery to power itself. And, uh, but in order to, so in order to stop it, we get to see Batman suit up in the very Frank Miller esque uh, robot bat suit and go fly around and, and, and fight fight the robot, fight Lex Luthor. He's finally able to free Superman and Superman kind of takes it from there. So it's, it's a, uh, it's interesting Cal. And I guess we can, I don't know if we want to do pros and cons, but obviously the, the biggest pros are just seeing these characters and interacting again for me, I think. And correct. Absolutely. And uh, like, like we said, hearing those little mentions of, of a world's finest or other past stories and, you know, sort of reminding you of this larger world. Um, that being said, if I have a critique, I don't love that that the finality of this story is Batman basically getting in an Iron Man suit and flying after a plane. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't disagree just, with you. I, I I don't disagree with you. I I think I'll, I'll let you continue and then I'll give my my two cents on on the story as a whole. That's fair. Um, yeah, I. And I and I understand that first and foremost, this comic is and I shouldn't say first and foremost, but part of this comic is it is a promotional tool for the toy line. And so trying to figure out a quote unquote organic way to work in 
this version of Batman getting into that big Dark Knight Returns style suit was probably going to be hard and probably going to feel a little forced no matter what. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not judging it too harshly. And like I said, I did, I did like that in the end, it wasn't, he didn't just out muscle Lex or the robot. He kind of just out, eventually he outthinks him and figures out a way to free Superman, which I thought was clever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I definitely enjoyed this, the story overall, but I do think that that part of it being sort of the finale of, of this chapter two of the first issue here was a little bit like, eh, it's, it's just, it's just not what I'm used to. I'm not necessarily saying it's good or bad. It's just certainly not what I'm used to from a, a, you know, new Batman adventures, Batman, the animated series style world. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think, I think what you're sort of getting at there, where you're alluding to is, was my main, my not complaint, but main critique. Um, First of all, I love this. Love, love being back here. We're obviously we're both big fans. That's why we're doing a podcast about it. Um, so, <laughs> needless to say, you know we're going to recommend that you check this out regardless. Um, I think my my main critique of it is that it doesn't it doesn't necessarily it hasn't grabbed me as an an authentic feeling DCAU Batman story. Um, I, I don't know what that is. If it's the tone necessarily, like it's it's not a very it's not very dark. It's not very gritty, um, and that's okay. It doesn't every Batman story doesn't have to be dark and gritty, but sure. you are absolutely right in f- saying that it feels like a um, they were like they were given directives that said, hey, you have to include Batman in a robot costume. Uh, Lex Luthor in a robot costume, a giant, another giant robot that the robot Luthor can fit into. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want there to be, you know, spots for two, two uh, action figures. I mean, characters in the robot uh, so <laughs> that uh, we can also sell additional figures. I mean, um, I mean, have more characters in it. So, right. you know, it, the, the, I, I can't imagine the difficulties of trying to sandwich in, like you said, certain certain things. And in a way, I'm sort of glad that they got the the Dark Knight Returns Batman suit kind of out of the way. Like of all the things that that I saw, you know, my thought was that maybe they were going to try and and you know have once Superman fi- flies out of the front of that machine, I was like, all right, here we go, another Batman versus Superman battle uh, <laughs> that we've seen ad nauseum for the last, you know, it's 30 years or whatever it is. But thankfully, it was just, it, I appreciate that they used it in just, uh, all right, well, he's got to use this robot suit to beat a bigger robot. Like, I did like yeah. that. I like that they didn't just take the easy route and say, all right, well, this is his anti-Superman suit that he has had created <laughs> for years just in case Superman goes rogue. Like that wasn't, right. that wasn't. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, I would say that I'm happy to wet my whistle. I, w- I was, I'm actually the part that I appreciated, I think most about the story and we have not mentioned it yet, but is the, is the sort of side story that the B story, which is was barely touched in on part one, but had got fleshed out a little bit more and looks like is going to be fleshed out throughout the series. And that is the introduction of the Jason Todd character. You mean that mysterious man in the shadows? We don't, we don't know his name for sure just yet. <laughs> oh, good, good, good point. He just matches the Jason Todd action <laughs> figure. That's all. That gentleman that looks mysteriously like that Jason Todd figure. Purely coincidental, I'm sure. But no, yeah, that's, <laughs> 
that's certainly the most interesting thing because obviously, and we've, we've talked about that before, um, uh, I think on our last bonus episode, actually, but the, the Tim Drake Robin in the new Batman adventures was sort of really, he was really almost, almost only the Tim Drake character in name only like so much of his, his personality and, uh, and, uh, attributes can't come from Jason Todd because uh and the producers basically just said well we wanted to use the current Robin we didn't want to call him Jason Todd because then there'd be an expectation for us to kill him and <laughs> but we liked but we liked Jason's origin story we liked that he's like this rough kind of kid that comes from a, a you know a criminal family so we're just gonna mishmash what you know pick and choose what we want and, they, and they've done that plenty of times with other DC, you know, with other DCAU versions of these characters. I think that's fine. But that being said, because Tim, the Tim Robin character is so Jasoned up all the way through to having, you know, kind of the, their own version of death in the family with the uh, flashbacks in the return of the Joker movie where he isn't killed, but he's you know turned into this mindless Joker clone and, uh, and all that, uh, it kind of felt like, well, there's no way to ever introduce a Jason Todd into this world. And so when that figure was announced, and then later on when it was announced that, yes, in fact, Jason Todd will be featured in this world, I think we everybody kind of raised their eyebrows. They're like, well, how's, how's that going to work? And uh, we're yeah, we're getting a little taste of it so far. And I, I would agree that's definitely the, the most intriguing uh, thread so far. Yeah, I, I absolutely concur. And that it, this this issue is a, sort of a table setter, I think, um, as story wise, very, 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 very uh, introductory, um, you know, good, good, wet your whistle. And again, it, the, the very first issue I felt uh, worked in a good way and want, you know, making you want more. Um, this, this one does that effectively also by leaving the, the Jason Todd thread till the very end, the very final page and leaving some mystery there. And we see that, uh, it looks like that this, the next issue is going to involve Deathstroke as it says, Deathstroke comes to town or whatever it says, it wraps up this issue. So it looks like next week, uh, or two weeks from now, I guess, uh, when the next issue hopefully releases, we will, uh, be introduced to Deathstroke. Yeah, and that's that's another interesting one because obviously that's a character for whatever reason was never brought in during the original Batman the Animated Series and then in the era where maybe it would have made most sense in like the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited time, uh, obviously he was sort of tied up in the Teen Titans show and for better or worse, there's kind of a rule where if a character's being used on one show, they don't want another version of him showing up on others and there's i'm sure there's examples of them kind of breaking that i mean the batman was going on at the same time that batman was in justice league but uh you know a lot of the other ancillary batman characters weren't allowed to appear for instance so um yeah that's that's certainly another interesting thing to see the paul dini alan burnett uh their sort of take on on what deathstroke could be in this dcau world uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited to check that out Absolutely. Uh, last thing that we'll talk about, Liam, that we would uh, we would hate hate to run without talking about. We mentioned him at the beginning as the uh, gentleman who designed the action figures, and then of course, the gentleman that's doing the artwork for this, being Ty Templeton. Uh, man, uh, I can say that the most impressive thing about this uh, comic has to be the artwork. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. It's like like we said, it's it's like he can draw he could draw these characters in his sleep, and that is one thing that I think from the the first page where you see Batman fighting Bane, that's you just feel right at home, you know. Absolutely, yeah. The characters are directly on model, and um, as you stated, you know, Ty's been doing this for a very very long time. Um, Ty, Ty is really good. It's uh, the colorist is uh, Monica. What's her name? Monica uh, Cabina, I believe. We might Cabina? be butchering the pronunciation, but uh... yeah, no, no disrespect. That's meant meant by that if it's an uneducated <laughs> pronunciation. But um, the colors are are fantastic. Stuff pops off the page. Obviously, a, a digital digital comic book looks and and is going to be a slightly different than a than a you know hard copy uh, old old style uh in your hand comic book liam but yeah. i i think that between the art and the coloring uh things really really jump off the the digital page yeah and that's that i would agree is probably the the most fun uh the most fun part is just seeing these characters come come back to life in in a in a really fun way and yeah seeing them in in scenarios even though we, we kind of talked and, and joked about the the forced integration of the robot suit you know batman looks real cool when he's <laughs> when he's flying around in that suit and uh you know getting to see super the the shot of uh the panel of superman bursting out of the robot with his you know his eyes glowing with the heat vision it's really really well done and uh yeah, there's there's some really really fun visuals to be had. I think that's uh, that's a definite definite thumbs up in that category. Yeah, I I concur I concur completely. Um, so before we go here, I guess uh, if I, I would love to to review these these comics as they come out. Obviously, this is a big part of the DCAU. We we mentioned at the beginning we can't give this a standard out of forty score. So if if uh, if I was giving this a from one to ten um rating i guess i would put this at about a, a a six out of ten um which you know i i still recommend even at that <laughs> even at a six out of ten rating i would give it uh make sure you go check this out just because it's fun to be had it's new content um and who knows with with being able to support this content if this miniseries does well if we'll get a full-fledged uh length you know comic series out of it or maybe a, a movie down the line a directed uh, dvd film or, or something like that but uh, I, w- I would probably give this a six out of ten which is a which is a good start uh, but i'm definitely looking for more uh in the next issues hopefully uh more grounded and less uh giant robots what about you <laughs> yeah i think uh i think that's about fair i i, I was a little stronger i i wrote down seven out of ten so yeah, and I, I think a lot of that just comes from the general excitement of, of being back in the world. And as we mentioned, the the really fun teases of, of this larger Jason Todd story and some of the other things teased, like Deathstroke coming in. And, uh, you know, personally, I'm, I'm excited, as, as Paul Dini's mentioned, that, uh, you know, Robin will be will be a focus of, of the next the next couple issues. So I'm excited to see some of the, the larger Bat family have a role to play um excited to, again just to to live live in that world a little bit more and i think honestly one of the sad parts of or maybe not sad but one of the things that doesn't happen very often in the in the new batman adventures episodes that 
did get to happen fairly often in the comic book tie-ins is that it's fun when we actually get to see the whole Bat family together, when you get to see Batman, Robin, Nightwing, and Batgirl all together. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting to see that a little bit as well. So definitely, definitely excited about the future with this. And uh, yeah, this was a, this was a good, a good, a good start. And I'm, I'm thinking it'll only get better from here. I imagine so. Well, don't forget to check us out on social media. Liam runs our Twitter page at DCAU Review. You can check out previews for other episodes as well as our Flashback Fridays at DCAU Review on Instagram. Also, don't forget to check out our website at uh, DCAUreview.com. Uh, you can break down, check out our breakdown of other episodes, our uh, in-continuity episodes, as well as our other bonus episodes. Be sure to check those out. Liam, anything else before we go? No, just uh, once again, very excited for, for the future of this. And, uh, you know, in, in the interview at the end of last month, Paul Dini and the uh, the president of DC Direct mentioned that there might might be some other Superman uh, figures coming in this line uh, sometime in the future. So definitely excited whether or not, as you said, whether or not it's uh, other animated adaptations, more comic books, more action figures. You know, we all we always just want a little bit more of this DCAU, uh, this DCAU world. So, definitely very excited for the uh, for the future. And yeah, go ahead and tweet us or or message us on Instagram and tell us what you're most excited about with the, with this series. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely, can't wait. So, uh, until next time, I'm Cal and I'm Liam, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Farewell. <laughs>